in a world where most people watch movies and then forget about them. Two brave heroes join forces to watch them again and then talk about them. Join them in their epic journey as they go back in time, a decade and beyond, to revisit and break down films from a vast array of genres. Do these movies hold up over time? Are they classics? Find out on Retro Movie Roundtable. Starring your hosts, John Flack and Russell Guest. Coming now to Headphones in Your Ears. Good evening, all you lords, ladies, and knights of the Retro Movie Roundtable. We're going to do something a little bit different today here to send off 2018 into the sunset and get ready for 2019. We're going to go back and look back at all the movies we did in 2018 and rank them today. And to do so, we've got a lot of your favorite guests on the show. We've got your most common guest, Brian Fry. Brian, how are you doing tonight? Doing well, guys. How many episodes have you been on now? Uh, more than three and less than six. Four. It's four. <laughs> it's okay. I asked the question knowing the answer. Uh, just behind Brian... We've got Chad, who's been on three episodes. Chad Robinson from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. How are you doing, man? Nice to be on with my arch nemesis, number four there. <laughs> Uh-oh, we have a Steve Martin, Alec Baldwin feud. competition here. That's right. Who can host SNL the most is a fun feud, and this will be uh, just as prestigious, I'm sure. And then we got the most beautiful guest we've had on. Mary Guest, my wife, uh, she's here as well after having hosted two. Mary, how are you doing tonight? Uh, good. I guess that you're trying to behave yourself tonight, so that's a good start. <laughs> I get no respect. Anyway, so uh, one thing we wanted to do is we always ask for people giving reviews and ratings, and we really appreciate it because some of them are starting to pour in, and we really appreciate that because that helps get the show out there we we can find new viewers that way new listeners i should say nobody's watching us i wanted to read a couple so from steel city celtic they said this is a great listen for any movie fan john and russell have good chemistry together which i would extend that to uh, brian and chad and mary all the people here together they share their enthusiasm for movies making it a fun listen i highly recommend this podcast so that was pretty cool and then uh lil miss green eye says into movies we all know and love i can't wait to hear more both of those are five-star reviews. Really nice stuff out there. There's other reviews. In time, we'll probably read your review over the air. And I just wanted to say thank you for the people who shared their thoughts with the show. That's all right. I don't think I'm really going to be satisfied until I get a good, mean tweet. A good, mean tweet. Do, uh, you know, if you yeah. if you want to tell us how we can make the show better, and uh, then, then that's great. Write to us at RetroMovieRoundTable at Yahoo.com. But if you like the show and want to give it five stars... Go to iTunes and rate and review the show. <laughs> Let's uh, go around here. Uh, Brian, why don't you go first? Uh, what was the last movie you saw? Last movie I saw was Peppermint, starring Jennifer Garner. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically a Taken-style movie, except uh, Jennifer Garner bringing it back to her heyday and alias by being an all-around badass. And uh, it was an excellent revenge film. So you had a good time with it. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely recommend it, uh, especially since most of us went to the same high school she did. That's right. We, did go, we, not, we didn't go with her to high school. She's a little bit ahead of us uh, in years, but uh, it is still cool. She did come back to visit once. That's true. And I had an art project going, and I couldn't leave it because it was mid-process, so uh, I stayed behind. <laughs> So I did not actually meet Jennifer Garner, but you guys probably did. Yep. She's very short. Indeed. She's short, really. I didn't know that. I didn't think she looked like greatly different than she does on TV. Nope. Still hot. <laughs> yeah. Chad, what was your the last movie you saw? Uh, I just recently saw Into the Spider-Verse. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, if you haven't seen any of the trailers, don't. Because it kind of ruins a couple really important things that I think would be a nice surprise. I had a bit of a tough time getting past Jake Johnson as the voice of Peter Parker. Like, Oh, so it does have Peter Parker in it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he's he's just such a distinct voice, and my wife watches... Oh, I, I just lost the name of it. Um, 
there's quite a few shows I've seen with uh, Girl Next Door. Or, yes. Uh, is it New Girl? New Girl. New Girl. Right. Yep. Yeah, and so his voice just really uh, kind of throws me off a little. But it was still a lot of fun. If you're a Spider-Man fan, uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. Speaking of him, have you guys watched Tag? Not yet. I'd like to. It is hilarious. It has him in it, and it is one of the funnier movies that I've seen this year, and it takes place in Spokane. And they had to CGI Jeremy Renner's arms because they were broken. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> what an awkward film to have to do where you have broken arms. Hmm. That's interesting. I agree with that. It's like uh, editing out Superman's mustache. <laughs> questionable film decisions yeah okay about that it's much easier to apply a fake mustache for whatever other movie you're probably getting paid less to be superman and like and then how does superman not get the edge there and say like you got to shave that man (laughs) i just want to see superman with a mustache I know you're uh, Legends of Tomorrow fans well we can probably do without that i would much rather have uh them just, fi- you know, fix that in the contract rather than try and CGI a no mustache out of a movie. It didn't go well. Yeah. Yeah, but I think you could probably count on both hands and feet how many times DC made a bad choice. Yeah, yeah. At least with the with the, with the the movies, yes. I mean, they're, they're, we- they're doing a great job on TV, but... Are we counting Green Lantern as one bad choice, or are we going by all the bad choices in that movie? Um, I don't know. I think that was best Maybe. best example of worst CGI ever. <laughs> <laughs> Justice League was my big letdown from the DC universe. So uh, really, not Suicide Squad. Like no, Suicide I, Squad. Justice League. Great. Justice League uh, disappointed me far more. I think Will Smith and uh, you know. The Harley Quinn character helped pick that movie up, whereas Justice League was just a messy, messy movie. The Phil Jackson joke was probably the only thing I laughed at. Okay. Uh, Mary, what was the last movie you saw? We went to theaters recently to see The Old Man with a Gun, starring Robert Redford, and it's sort of an interesting storytelling opportunity about a real guy who robs banks and it was it was kind of a fun movie i enjoyed robert redford and um sissy spacek and casey affleck and that it's a true story yeah based on based on true true events it was kind of fun to to watch that that was all about a real guy so does it still look like your dad uh yeah and some you know i think my sister and i came out of that movie wondering if the movie was actually about our dad (laughs) it does kind of seem like feasible so for the (laughs) listeners here give give the backstory about the chinese restaurant oh oh, well my dad you know is about the same age as robert redford and you know red hair there is some resemblance there and we used to go to a chinese restaurant growing up and the folks who own the restaurant would all they all come out in the kitchen and ask where daddy was and it took us forever to figure out what was going on with that. It was like, does he just tip well? What's going on here? They they actually have, were having this conversation amongst themselves about whether he actually was Robert Redford or not. There is some similarity in older photos. <laughs> That's awesome. I think it, it took us several years to figure out what was actually going on with these weird little conversations. <laughs> and that's what it ended up being. So sorry to disappoint. <laughs> It's not actually Robert Redford. <laughs> There's much worse people to be uh, compared to, I suppose, That's or true. mistaken for. Yeah, nobody wants to be like, you look exactly like Danny DeVito. <laughs> oh, my God, you are dead on for Adam Sandler. <laughs> I, I, I thank you very much. <laughs> my head does not look like a potato. <laughs> That's true. And then uh, I'll add in there uh, one movie that we also saw recently. Mentioned this in the Indiana Jones episode. I'll throw one in there as well. We saw Robin Hood, and uh, everybody says it's really bad, but it's fun if you know what you're getting in for. It's an action movie. It's not a historical drama. It's not a you know a period piece. It's uh, it's kind of like Kingsman meets Robin Hood. I mean, it's uh, it's all jump off a four-story building onto a wagon and nobody gets hurt and you don't break your legs kind of thing. You know, you get shot with an arrow and you get back up and you keep going kind of thing. So. Is it anything like the Guy Ritchie King Arthur? Um, Did you see that? 
I don't remember that one. No, I've not seen that. It's, don't know. It was it was fairly recently, and it was uh, Charlie Hoonan from Sons of Anarchy plays Arthur. Uh, but it's a very like if you took the King Arthur legend and the movie Snatch and put them together, you get this legend of King Arthur. So it's very like street fighting, crass, like it's it's a weird movie, but if you go into it just understanding that it's a completely ludicrous take on King Arthur, then you'll enjoy it. Hmm. I yeah, I'm in. It sounds good to me. So it actually also had a really good soundtrack. But anyway, the, the reviews absolutely panned it and said, I think Rotten Tomatoes gave it like a, a half a percent or something like that. Um, it's uh, <laughs> I think I could have called that extreme. from the previews. Yeah. I mean, we actually technically went to see a different movie, but they accidentally sold us tickets to the wrong theater. <laughs> so we walked into the movie, th- which was Green Book. We thought we had tickets to go see Green Book. And uh, even that was a compromise because we went there to see the new Fantastic Beast movie. And that was sold out. So then we said, let's go to Green Book. And we bought tickets to that. We went into Green Book. The theater's full. It's assigned seating and has those really nice plushy recliners that some theaters now do. And then we went up to our seats, what we thought were our seats, and was like, I think you're in our seats. And then she showed me her ticket. And she's like, oh, they have the same ticket. And then I looked down and uh, they, they double sold the ticket. And so we went back to the front of the theater. And so for the fourth movie that we tried to see that day... Uh, you know, the time slots were not uh, sympathetic at that point. Robin Hood was the only movie on at that point in time. So we're just like, sure, Robin Hood it is. And yeah, you know what? Rat Tattooey like 6. Yeah. That seems like a huge downgrade. Vigo Mortensen? Or... Yeah, we still haven't seen Green Bank or um, Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> no, no. But we did see Robin Hood. Fantastic Beasts is the last one I saw in theaters. And I, listen... I've had conversations with just about everybody twice about this, but I think it was my favorite Wizarding movie. Yeah. This is just a hole in my nerdiness. I just, I cannot get into these movies. It just doesn't work for me. It is a hole in your nerdiness for sure. I just told Russell I'd be okay with not getting a dog if I could get one of those cute little platypus things that Eddie Redmayne carries around (laughs) Oh, you want a Nippler? This is so cute. (laughs) She has to get a dog daily. We have, we have stuffed ones at the store, so come by your local Barnes & Noble, buy yourself a Niffler. There you go. <laughs> this is That's a compromise if I ever heard one. Uh, <laughs> also, no, a plug you for Barnes & Noble. <laughs> yeah, little, little ring the bell, ding, 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 product placement. Yeah. We're not sponsored yet, but we sure are trying. <laughs> We're going to break now before we go into our rankings, and guess what? Santa's back for another uh, endorsement. Merry Christmas! Santa Claus here, and if there's one thing I like, it's cookies. If there's two things I like, it's cookies and the Retro Movie Roundtable podcast. Ho, 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 ho! Santa's here to ask you all to be good little girls and boys this year, and go to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcast and subscribe to the show. Give it a five-star review and rating. Also, give the Retro Movie Roundtable a like on Facebook. Ho, ho, ho! Tell the guys what you think of the show and the movie of the week. Let them know your thoughts. Write to the show at RetroMovieRoundtable at Yahoo.com and tell a friend about the show. I told Rudolph. Ho, ho, ho! All the good little boys and girls who do this will be very happy on Christmas morning and the show will grow and improve with your help. So go to bed early on Christmas Eve and have yourself a ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Turns out Tim Allen killed Santa Claus, so, uh... <laughs> well, we're back. And, uh... Hey, we got Santa supporting the show now. Presidents, Christopher Walken. It's now Santa Claus. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, good times. Actually, saying it in that order now makes me wonder what it would be like if Christopher Walken played Santa Claus. <laughs> Ho, 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 <laughs> Merry Christmas. Oh, man. Trump's he would have to have, like, he'd have to have, like, a sawed-off shotgun in the sleigh. <laughs> <laughs> S- 
It's, it's Santa. It's Santa Claus meets seven psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we've never ranked anything on this show, which it's exciting. Uh, in a normal year, we would probably have fifty movies to go through, but we're gonna take our time a little bit on this one. Uh, there are only thirteen movies we've done this year because we launched the show in October. So we're gonna go around in a circle, kind of. Uh, and you know clockwise and then once we go through we'll come back through counterclockwise and we'll go through each movie and once somebody has named the movie we'll keep track of that and once each person has said that movie we'll then discuss it so uh don't worry there won't be major spoilers this time around so if you didn't catch one of our episodes think of this more as an endorsement to go back and see that movie and to find out a little bit more if you're curious about it so this should be largely spoil-free, nothing major anyway. So there might be a few references to movies that you might not understand, but nothing major will be spoiled, which is refreshing for the show. So don't be afraid. That was Russell not only making the audience aware, but warning me sternly. It is. <laughs> Chad has an uncanny ability to spoil uh, movies, so... It's okay. Now our audience can be as confused as my wife is anytime I'm speaking in references. The 13 movies are, and in chronological order from the episode that we presented them will be, and so the candidates for us to rank are Mission Impossible, the original, Batman Returns, Halloween, The Mist, Tremors, Black Hawk Down, Blue Velvet, The NeverEnding Story, 2001 A Space Odyssey, the Power of One, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, The Graduate, and Home Alone. So to kick us off with our uh, rankings, Brian, why don't you go first, man? What is your number 13 movie? Well, I think there's going to be a lot of shock and awe here, especially for anybody who's listened to all of them. But my number 13 was, in fact, The Graduate. Um, no, uh, no secret that it was not my favorite watch, but... Uh, Sorry to crush the souls out there. <laughs> that's so, tough. That's tough. That's although, okay. <laughs> although my wife as a Mrs. Robinson would probably be right there with you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> so much when she was getting married. So much. Have, have, you ever, have you ever said, and you don't have to answer this, are you trying to seduce me, Mrs. Robinson? <laughs> I, no, it's funny. Because I, I, <laughs> the result that's would not, not going to go well. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because when you were introducing Mary earlier, I was like, I wonder if they ever just come home and say, be our guest, be our guest. <laughs> <laughs> well, oddly enough, with my maiden name being Robson, it's amazing how many times people have just sung the song at me mrs robinson being totally oh. confused that that was not oh. my name so maybe if somebody were to sing be our guest maybe that would at least be relevant <laughs> maybe <laughs> <laughs> moving forward chad what is your number 13 movie here's where i make all the stanley kubrick fans angry but 2001 a space odyssey Mary, your number 13 movie. I picked The Mist. I appreciated some things about that movie, but it didn't quite go together for me the way I wanted it to. Ouch. Yikes. Okay, okay. My number 13 movie will be Black Hawk Down. Ooh. We're hurting Fry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he hurt us on The Graduates. So. That's true. That's yeah. true. Okay, so for lap two for your number 12 movie, I'll, go, I'll start this one off and we'll go in reverse order. Um, my number 12 movie is The Power of One. Oh, uh, my number 12 ranking was Black Hawk Down. Interesting. I actually concur with Russell on this one. Power of One was my number 12 as well. And Chad, your number 12. Blue Blue Velvet for me. A little too depressing. Let me check my Chad Chooses list. I am two for two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I think I gave Power of One a lower ranking, not because it was a bad movie, uh, but more because it just had no rewatchability for me. 
It's one of those like, okay, that was a thing. I'm never going to watch that again. Yeah, mine mine weren't exactly on how artistic or how well done they were. It's just, did I have fun with this? Would I like to watch it again? Okay, and that's a, and that's a fair way to take it. Uh, so, Brian, you're going to get to start uh, the number 11 round. Where are you on number 11? Number 11 for me, and, and it's weird, I don't have the same hate that uh, Chad has, but just based on the other movies we were watching, uh, my number 11 was 2001. Chad, what is your number 11 movie? I was really okay with Fry just spending extra time bashing that. But <laughs> the power of one, so I, I broke up the 12 streak, but it is number 11 for me. Number 11, which means only Mary hasn't weighed in on that one. Mary, what is your number 11 movie? Uh, you're probably not going to like me saying this, but uh, Never Ending Story was my number 11. Wow. Ooh. Wow. I, uh, it was hard. It was hard, but there were yeah. Th this this whole list is hard to do. Sorry, okay. sorry to disappoint. <laughs> no, it's okay. My number eleven movie I've got is The Mist. I'm the second person to call that one out, so I'm gonna start the uh, top ten round off. So my number ten movie is 1996 Mission Impossible. Mary, what was your number ten movie? Oh, we actually line up on that one. I have Mission Impossible. Do, 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 do. Chad, what is your number 10 movie? Black Hawk Down. Let me see, where, let me see where this registers with the Chad Chooses list. Oh, I missed it. No, I, I missed it. I actually saw that one in theaters with Fry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm curious. Uh, just, just real quick. Um, can I get some, some explanation on Mission Impossible? And why you have it ranked so low? Uh, we, 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 we will get there once once the last person says it. That's the, that's the fun thing in this. So we'll talk oh, about he, it once the fourth. But he's person. angry now. <laughs> well, right, so. I demand validity. <laughs> I demand retribution. I demand satisfaction. Justify yourself. <laughs> Where's my glove? So, Brian, what is your number ten movie? Uh, my number ten will be Never Ending Story. Never Ending Story as well. So that's two for Never Ending Story. And you get to kick us off on, so nobody has, uh, we have, don't have any four in a rows yet. So Brian, you get to start us off on the number nine movie. What is your number nine movie? Uh, went with Batman Returns on that one. Batman Returns. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> yeah. We've actually entered the realm of all of these are movies I like at this point and would rewatch. There's just so many that I like, so that's good so that's worth that's worth there, there's 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 no hate basically 2001 on there's no real dislike of these movies they're just uh, i there are some i prefer over others that's fair so chad what is your number nine movie the mist mary what is your number nine movie well i think i'm the fourth person to mention it but the power of one the power of one it is you this is the first yep. one so mary you had this one ranked the highest why don't we start with you uh what were your thoughts on power of one yeah i, w I was really compelled to the whole movie uh told a story that in terms of history i wasn't really familiar with at all i felt the acting was really high quality um kind of agree that it doesn't have a whole lot of Re rewatch value to it once you you've watched the movie you've kind of experienced that this doesn't have a lot of let's let's put that in and watch it again but i but i felt that uh it was a strong showing i actually rated it a four-star movie mm -hmm. so uh brian you uh you had the power of one down at your number 12 uh what was what was you said just not no rewatchability right yeah, I mean it was a it was a good movie. I think Mary spot on with the acting, and uh, I think the directing was good. I, it was interesting, thought provoking, had me looking up stuff I didn't know. Uh, highly recommend it as a one off. But after you watch it that one time, it's not like ooh, I'm gonna go home and watch. And it's just not something I'm I'm eager to watch more than once. 
See, it wasn't me that spoiled stuff. Yeah, I gotta cut that out later. I'll bleep you out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's no point. If you're gonna bleep out the spoilers, is that how this is gonna work? (laughs) Oh, that you should. It was his sled. I just saved you two boring hours. (laughs) (laughs) What you should do is come up with a really funny sound effect for spoilers. Just be like, (laughs) "This is not Brian saying what he should be saying." Yeah, puts on some elevator music. (laughs) So what Brian was saying, what Brian was saying, there's there's uh, some not feel good moments in the movie. It's it's not something. I mean, you're going to be a little down. I mean, or maybe very down. I mean, it's not like Requiem for a Dream down, but it's it's pretty down. Yeah, painting a a more accurate picture of history sometimes isn't gonna bring you. You know, some a, a movie that's gonna make you lift you up all the time. So that's true. Sure. For me, I enjoyed the period. I definitely enjoyed the history, as Brian said. I just felt like there wasn't um, the best way of putting it is that uh, there's so many bad things that happen and not enough good things that happen. And I mean, it's a movie about uh, racial segregation and hatred of different cultures in Africa, uh, and. Uh, that's not necessarily a happy subject, so it's hard to make a happy story in the middle of that. So that's why it's a, it, it had the deck stacked against it to some degree. Uh, but it, it, was a, it was a good movie. So I do recommend watching it. It is out there. It's still on Netflix now if you're interested in checking that out. So um, Chad, what about you, man? I mean, if I want to watch a depressing movie that has boxing in it, I think I'm going with Raging Bull. It's much much better to watch uh power of one russell you and i have had this conversation i don't like to feel like i've been put through a movie experience um it's kind of why i avoid revenant uh things like that where it's just hours of depression and so yeah i it was a good movie by our standards i just i'm not gonna watch it again yeah, I um, I'm not sure if I would necessarily compare it to the Revenant, um, just because the there Revenant no was more of a sur- <laughs> oh, there uh, it was more of a survival movie for me for the Revenant, where it was just a you know it was an ordeal, but it was more of a survival piece. This just, I mean, whenever you shine a light on a really dark and awful part of history, you know, and and the way that human beings can and can treat each other. Um, it's just, uh, that, that's, that's the down. It, it, I feel like it's more of a soul down as opposed to a, Ooh, God, that looks like it hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there are even movies like, uh, American history X that are yeah, very dark that, subjects. Right. Right. I would watch those types of movies before I would watch power of one again. I, I, to, to endorse the movie and to encourage people to go back and see it, it's a neat movie that changes into three separate stories. It starts off as a very young boy, flashes ahead to a moment where he's a teenager, and then flashes ahead to him as a uh, high school student. So it covers history in, over a period of time. It covers uh, a coming-of-age story. And the characters around him shift as he gets older. And I think that's an interesting thing to see. And there is a lot of hope in, weaved throughout the movie, but kind mm-hmm. of for that to be effective, you have to see some down That's right. moments as well. So there is a balance between the light and the dark in it, that movie. So that's going to come back to me at number nine. And I have the never ending story at number nine. Are we ready to kick off the number eight round? I have 2001 A Space Odyssey. So I'm the third person to bring this one up. Mary, what is your number eight movie? Uh, my number eight movie is Tremors. Tremors. And Chad, what is your number eight movie? Mission Impossible. Do, 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 do. It's Brian's anger builds. <laughs> and Brian, your number eight movie. Makes me a sad panda. Uh, my number eight movie would be Home Alone. Home Alone. Yeah, we're still in a podcast. No one can see you do that. <laughs> they heard it. They heard it. They know what's up. Yeah, you heard they know the cheeks up. up. Yeah. So we got uh, Brian's number eight movie. 
And Brian, you want to kick us off with uh, the round seven? Uh, number My number seven is Blue Velvet. Seven? And Chad, your number seven movie? Home Alone. Mary, your number seven movie? 2001 A Space Odyssey. All right, that's that's a bingo. We've got four of those. So, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Mary, you had this one ranked the highest, so you want to take this one first? What were your thoughts on it? Uh, I appreciate this piece as the contributions it's made to film history, to science fiction, and have a whole lot of respect for this piece. And I have to say that I just never had a passion for this movie, and I think maybe it's lack of character development. I'm very into getting attached to characters that I love, and that's something that just doesn't happen in this movie. I think that contributes to me just, you know, N- not really uh, holding on to this one as one of the sci-fi greats in my mind. Yeah, it's more about ideas than characters. It's very objective and cold. That That's kind of the point of a sci-fi movie, but I felt like that was missing this extra level of depth that I was looking for. That's, that's fair. Sorry, Brian, what? Oh, it's all good. I just always thought it was a very interesting use of silence in a film. It's true. There's a lot of quiet time in that movie. Chad, 2001 A Space Odyssey, where do you stand on it? It was my lowest ranked movie, and if I could rank it lower, I would. Um, it's one of my least favorite movies of all time. I just find it boring, pretentious, uh, zero character development, like you said. Uh, it, it's right along with uh, Suspiria in the horror genre. If you want artsy film that makes no freaking sense, go see Suspiria. Uh, if you want a sci-fi that makes no sense... 2001 a space odyssey that's for you so what didn't you like about it (laughs) how didn't actually succeed (laughs) (laughs) so that's a big doing dave that's a big miss and being that you weren't uh the guest on that episode just give me a star rating i gotta know on that one what would you give it uh, on a five star scale what's the lowest rating you've got half star half star it is oh gosh I mean, just just don't. I've I've been forced to see this movie three or four times throughout uh, school and other other instances, and it's just it's torture, man. Uh, <laughs> Brian, I want to give uh, I want to give uh, South Park a shout out for its uh, reference to 2001: Space Odyssey in the Dawson's Creek Trapper Keeper episode Love back that. in season one, and uh, that was that was one of my favorite references that south park has ever chucked into an episode oh it's highly referenced they've had uh like the monkeys or the apes chewing on the monoliths and things like that cartman cartman in that episode uh turns into a giant blob that absorbs everything around him and uh, kyle has to go inside of him to shut him down like how and uh what are you you doing here (laughs) will i dream Where were we on that one? So Mary was the one who last mentioned that. That was your number uh, seven movie, right? Mm-hmm. So my number seven movie is Tremors. Uh, and I will start the number six round. I'm going to say The Graduate was my number six movie. Um, what was your number six movie, Mary? That's also my number six movie. Number six movie. And Chad, what is your number six movie? I'm going to break the four seal on Never Ending Story. Chad, you had this one ranked the highest of anybody. What do you like about it? I saw it at a young age, and it still kind of holds that magic for me. It's just, it's a fun movie with fun, memorable characters. It makes you happy. It makes you sad. Uh, it just hits all the notes that you would want, and it's it's still great as an adult. Now, uh, Mary, you had this the lowest of any of us at your number 11 movie. Uh, is there anything that's not working for it? It's just a strong last year. I really love the fantasy nature of the film, but I felt like there were some deficiencies, particularly at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. which I kind of picked up on even when I saw it as a child. Well, it is a little thin on, on plot. The, the, the author was upset about that. So they only, they only cover about half the books. So. Yes, and I think the one sort of thing that I would have changed about the movie is to have incorporated the side characters more. 
I would I felt that we had some really interesting side characters and we didn't get to see them enough. So, so for those reasons, I, they didn't have time because they had to focus on the gargoyle boobs. Yes, that was just so bizarre. <laughs> I would have gotten rid of the swamp of sadness. Uh, that's one of the most memorable scenes in the movie, though. So, uh, so, the uh, graduate was a swamp of sadness. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you wait your turn. <laughs> Chad and hasn't the said you're ready. Swamp of sadness. Do, 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 do. Yeah, this is what Hal sings to me every time I'm forced to watch a space odyssey. <laughs> See, I can criticize it because we've said four times. That's true. Um, so, uh, Brian, never ending story. Where do you, where are you on that one? Uh, you know, it was, it was great as a kid. Um, I think like I mentioned in that podcast, I, I almost feel like it's the bell in polar express. Like I just can't hear it anymore. Um, I rewatching it. It just like, I got it and still love got mad Falcor love, but I don't know. It just, it didn't, it didn't captivate me the way I remember it doing. And to be honest, all I could remember besides Falcor of that movie from seeing it the first time was the captivation. Like, oh, never ending story. Yeah. And then I rewatched it and I was like, eh. I, it's kind of how I imagine a younger millennial watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the Joss Whedon show. <laughs> like, they're going to be like, uh, really? This is, this is something people liked? Do you like you know, this, huh? Do based you? on the, yeah, well, based on the product, you know, things now are like the production values insane on TV shows now. And that one was a low budget show. And I think that endeared it to a lot of people that watched it, me included. But if you take someone who, you know, it's it's like the YouTube videos where they give, you know, a kid a cassette player and they're like, what do I do with this? Yeah. Well, I really liked it for the visuals. I was disappointed that the plot didn't hold up as well as I had hoped, but the visuals were just so rich and amazing. I only wished that we had more creatures to meet and we had covered more uh, more landscapes to go through because the the aesthetics of the movie are just great. And that, that, that helped it age well as an adult, even though, as Fry mentioned, the story was a little bit thin. So, Brian... Let's get back to the rankings here. What's your number six movie? My number six movie was Halloween. Whoa. That's still pretty high. So we're, we're now into the, you're into elite territory, so that's okay. You're the first person to pull out Halloween. What, what's your number five movie, Fry? Uh, my number five movie is The Mist. The Mist. Well, that made it up there really high. That's the, four. Yeah, yeah, that's four. You're the last person to bring that out. So Brian, you had this the highest. You get to go first. Uh, what, what's working for you here in the mist? What do you like about it? I like movies where you can never really tell what the antagonist is. Um, I, I like ones that kind of leave you guessing on, on that piece. Uh, the mist really did it for me in that vein. And I also like that, uh, in the mist or after the mist was released, Stephen King actually came out and said the movie ending was way better than his. And that's just something that doesn't happen very often. And I agree, uh, having read the book and watched the movie, that <laughs> the movie ending was just way better, which I will not ruin for you here. No, no. Yeah, I, I, I take the inverse opinion on that for the record. I like I, I yeah, prefer, I prefer maybe Stephen one. King had it right the first time. <laughs> That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, Mary, you had that one the lowest of any of us. What, what, let's, what were your thoughts? I um, actually finished that movie thing and, and actually said to Russell, I don't think that's the way this was supposed to end. <laughs> so, and I felt like, like I, I kind of hinted at before, I felt like there was a lot of interesting things going on in that movie and it didn't really quite go together well for me. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on, a lot of different characters, and I'm not sure that it was tight enough of a of a screenplay of a, of how the story unfolded. It's a heavy movie. Also, Chad, The Mist. You were there for the review on that one. Refresh people's memory for those who didn't listen to it. Um, and by the way, this is one of our less downloaded episodes. It's still an interesting movie to go back in us and break down, tell people at home why they should see it and also why you had it ranked low. I had it at number nine. It's just uh, I, I liked it quite a bit. 
it is a a heavier movie. Uh, that's how it was described to me. I hadn't seen it going into the episode, but it is a very heavy horror movie, which you're not possibly expecting. There are a lot of neat creatures to see. Honestly, the characters themselves are just really intriguing to me. There's there's a lot of uh, diverse characters in this little tiny store, um, kind of like a, uh, a condensed uh, Dawn of the Dead style at certain points. And uh, I'm with Fry. I can't really say too much, but I prefer the movie's ending. It's, it's what... Left a mark on me. It's what will uh, make that movie stay with me for a long time. I agree. I, th- I think that the change in the ending was the gem of the movie. I'm with Mary on this one, but uh, you know, I think she covered a lot of my sentiment on it. I thought it was very interesting to see how people react in a time of crisis. I do tend to like movies like that. Uh, like you said, Day of the Dead. It definitely comes to my mind with a very similar kind of movie. So uh, it's done. Uh, in a fairly realistic manner, given the um, supernatural content that's done in it. So uh, they made a lot of interesting points about the nature of how people behave in a stressful situation. So uh, it is a thought-provoking movie for sure. Chad, what is your number five movie? Tremors. Tremors. Okay, you're the second person to pull Tremors out. And I'm honestly surprised that you had it uh, so high. So... Uh, Mary, what is uh, your number five? Number five movie for me is Halloween. Okay, you're the second on that one. So my number five is Blue Velvet, and that is three. So my number four movie is Batman Returns. That's the second one on that one. So Mary, what is your number four movie? Home Alone. Home Alone. That is three on that one. Chad, what is your number four movie? Well, it's finally Fry's time. The Graduate. <laughs> Brian, I, you've been waiting, and normally I would have Chad go because he, uh, he, he had it the uh, highest of all of us, but uh, you get to go first, man. Let go. I, uh... <laughs> no, I'm not going to bash it. I, like I said in the <laughs> podcast, I, I hope one day I can come back and maybe appreciate this one more. I just Dustin Hoffman's character just annoyed me. Um, I would put his awkwardness in that movie up there with Ben Stiller's in Meet the Parents. Oh sure, name another beloved movie. <laughs> I I I couldn't run away from Meet the Parents fast enough. Uh, I just uh, it, uh, that movie was agony to me. I just don't do awkward comedy well. Sometimes Brian likes bad movies. It happens here first. You heard it here at Red from Movie Roundtable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are several bad movies. I it, like. Am I wrong that Dustin Hoffman ends up being in one of the Meet the Parents movies? It was Meet yes. the Fockers. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> He's the dad with so uh, that, 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 wasn't, not, that wasn't lost on me. <laughs> it's like, quick, put him in another awkward movie. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, so, Chad, you had this one the highest. Well, tell us about The Graduate on, on this one. Uh, to some extent, I like it just because it spawned a way to annoy my wife. I don't I don't <laughs> sing that song um, to her. But uh, no, it's I took the opposite spectrum of Fry. I guess if you enjoy Dustin Hoffman's performance, you're going to rank this a whole lot higher. I found him fun i didn't find him as cringy as sometimes ben stiller is ben stiller's more like eh, why are these weird things happening to me where he's just uh, it's closer to like a michael Sarah to me um hmm. yeah why am i so awkward yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh i i enjoyed the movie and it's produced a lot of uh just classic imagery mary where were you on, uh, you know, uh, The Graduate? I've seen The Graduate four or five times. And I think each time I watch it, I see more depth. I find something new in the movie that I hadn't noticed before or I hadn't thought about before. So I think when, when a movie has that much depth for me to to keep experiencing, I think that makes me more interested in it in terms of a higher rating 
Um, I actually kind of thought that Dustin Hoffman's awkwardness was important because I'm not sure that it would have worked any other way. That's just that's just how I take that role. Um, it's not a perfect movie, but I, I think that um, that's one that, that has always kind of ranked highly on my spectrum of movie review. Yeah, I might, similar to me, I, I went from not liking it. I was literally in Fry's shoes to then saying, like, it's fine, but I don't. And then finally rewatching it at the time, I was like, I get it. This is a great movie. So I, I, I had it at a 4.5, and I, it's likely to get elevated if I ever see it again because it's starting to finally resonate with me as I've gotten older. I don't know. So I think this is because Fry was smooth in high school. Like all the awkward, I'm just the awkward kid who uh, people that have met me now and met my wife are like, how did you two even manage to talk to each other to it, wind up It's together? true. Brian's dating dating uh, success was far better than Chad or mine in uh, junior high and high school as well. So, And also Brian met I don't, his wife I don't in high school. I think I've ever been accused. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been accused of being smooth, though. <laughs> oh, I'm calling it right now. <laughs> <laughs> You've been you've been voted uh, smoothest of the podcast, Brian. Yeah, there's a trophy for you. you Alien go. Ant Farm will sing songs <laughs> yeah, <right>. of you. <laughs> it's Fry's turn. It's Fry's turn for four. Okay. Oh, uh, my number four is Tremors. Tremors, and that is oh, that makes it, it that makes it four for that one. So, Brian, you had this one the highest. What were your thoughts on Tremors? Uh, this is just a cult classic for me. I, I, this is one of those movies that I own it, but if I saw it on TNT or something while I was flipping through the channels, I'd still stop and watch it on cable. Uh, I feel like that's one of the biggest testaments you could give a movie is when you could watch it commercial free. It's sitting there on your (laughs) shelf, but you're going to watch it on USA anyway. Uh, (laughs) That is a very good, that's that's high praise. That's how I am with a Bond movie. (laughs) It's uh, it, it's just one of those movies that I I can watch at any time. It's like, uh, what are you doing? Uh, I'm gonna watch Tremors. You know, just Kevin Bacon. You just I, I love it. It's a great movie. It gets better over time. It does. I I remember seeing it the first time and thinking like that was a whole lot of fun. And it's gotten even better with time. So Mary introduced this one to me. I, I actually was skeptical of it when it first came my way he did not want to watch it actually i I kind of forced that one on him at some point in college probably (laughs) yeah i I don't want this comment to be like i don't want this to be misconstrued but i would call tremors kind of the sharknado of the 90s that's fair oh it's better than sharknado Oh, i agree i agree totally agree it's better i'm just saying that maybe someone who saw sharknado at the time or the age that we saw Tremors, they would say, oh, this is our Tremors. You know what I mean? Okay, that's fair. Chad, uh, where Plus, are you? it made a thousand sequels. <laughs> it did. Uh, I, I picked up the uh, six-pack uh, of all six of them, so. Michael Gross <laughs> just signed yeah. on for seventh one. Oh, boy. I'm there. Uh, Chad, where are you on Tremors here? Yeah, I'm sure this kind of confuses you because when I was on the podcast, I gave it a two and a half. I still stand by it's a bad movie. When you start thinking about a bunch of things that happen, like it just it makes no sense. It's still fun. Um, So I'm going to be consistent there. It's a bad movie. It's still fun. You can shut your brain off and have a good time. Just don't think about 90 percent of what just happened. I knew you did the podcast with us, and it did not go over well. Or so I, that, this is this is the surprise of the uh, podcast. I still liked it. It's just it's a bad movie. It is what it is. Okay, it's a bit of a redemption here, and at, at the end of the year special, so it's a New Year's miracle. When a movie, it's badness. Like they set kind of set out to make it like this is going to be ridiculous. Um, I would compare it to uh, Fifth Element in that way where it just it's like it is what it is they all know it uh, starship troopers is another good one but it's just one of those things where it's like it's a gem because it's not like it's a bad movie trying to be a good movie uh, like that vin diesel witch hunter movie it's oh, literally yeah i mean there there are movies out there that that think they're good and they're not these are ones that that own their cheese all right that's everybody's number four movie. And now we're entering the upper, upper echelon, the number three movies. So 
I'm going to go with this one, and it, my number three movie is Halloween. Mary, your number three movie. Batman Returns. Batman Returns. That is the third of those. Chad, your number three movie. I'm going to make it four, Batman Returns. All right, you guys had it up there pretty high. So, Chad, tell us about Batman Returns. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the extra characters, Michelle Pfeiffer, Danny DeVito. Uh, the new additions were fun. They were a little corny. You know, it's the Tim Burton universe. It does eventually get much cornier. But uh, it, it's just, it's a fun Batman movie. It's not as dark as the Christian Bale, I'm Batman. You know, any of that. No, it's fair. I, I, I love the, the feel of that movie. Mary, what do you, you, you had this one at your number three as well. Tell us about it. Well, I think what stood out to me when we rewatched this for the podcast is that many years later, I actually liked the movie more than I remembered because seeing it at different points in my life, there's more to relate to um, in it than I realized. Um, it's just a well-crafted movie. The acting is amazing. Those are just classic characters that were created by, of course, you know, Michael Keaton, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Danny DeVito. So, you know, I'm rating this five stars. Brian, you had this one the lowest of us at number nine. Where do you, where are you on this one? I'm not really low on it. Uh, I like the Tim Burton Batmans. I like uh, the darker uh, Gotham City. Um, this was the last movie before Batman got ridiculous. I think the acting in it was great. I've got mad Michael Keaton love. I don't know if you guys have seen Birdman or not, but just, you know, he, he plays these parts well. And he plays funny well. You know, when he did the other guys, his part in that made that movie for me. So, uh, yeah, definitely mad Keaton love. I'd say the other thing that I really appreciated about this particular Batman is it launched the twin villain Batman movies. So mm -hmm. everyone after that had two bad guys. It, it did. Until Nolan comes along and uh, right. starts over again. You're right. I love this movie. I well, love Batman. Even, even there, yeah, but just real quick, even there, you know, you have Ra's al Ghul, you got Scarecrow in the first one. Yeah. For me, I love this one. Batman's my favorite superhero. You know, I love Tim Burton. It's the it's in the Venn diagram of things I like. I like Michael Keaton, Batman, and Tim Burton. It all comes together really well here. And yeah, DeVito and Pfeiffer are awesome villains. So uh, if you haven't seen that one, I uh, would absolutely see it. Go back. It's one of our earliest episodes. Second episode we did. Uh, Mary and uh, John did a great job breaking that one down with us. Brian, have you given us your three yet? My number three was Black Hawk Down. Black Hawk Down. All right. So this is the uh, this is the inverse. This is. For us, we did the graduate high and you did it low, and this is your uh, flip side here. So uh, you, you really like this movie. Remind us again why this is a great movie and people should see it. Uh, I love the cast of this movie. Everybody in it, I enjoyed their performances. Uh, I enjoy gritty war movies. I know that's not a commonality with you know all people, but thing that is a it's an earmark for me, uh, you know, going back to, you know, what you watch on TV or what you choose to put on. I will watch uh, movies like this pretty much all the time. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've watched Band of Brothers, you know, end to end. So it's just, you know, it's just a thing. And I'm glad you feel that way because it's good to have the difference of opinions. And I like the movie. It's important. It's an anti-war movie. It's It certainly doesn't glamorize war. It's informative of the time period. However, I just find it hard to watch because it's, you know, it happened. It's real. And it's very, very real. And it's all over the place. It's hard to follow. And uh, you're down in it. So that's why I had it at the lowest just because, you know, a long war movie is sometimes a hard thing to sit through, as it should be. Mary, what were your thoughts on Black Hawk? Well, I really appreciate the telling of the story and the realism of it. Uh, but I do think that, you know, the number of times I've tried to watch this movie and lose attention with it because I feel frustrated because I don't know where what character is. And it's a little bit hard to keep track of who's doing what. And I feel like that's part of the intention 
with making the viewer feel disoriented. So I think that's part of the art. It just made my viewership a little bit labored. Um, so I think that's kind of why I dock it a little bit. You know, I have a tendency to, to ask Russell, okay, who's headed to the chopper? I thought they were already there, that kind of thing. <laughs> so I, maybe not the most fun person to watch that movie with. So that was the number three movie. Okay, Brian, what's your number two movie? Uh, my number two was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh, great movie. Awesome. Good choice there. Uh, it's not the last one, so we'll move forward. Okay, Chad, what's your number two? Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Ooh, another one for that one. And Mary, what's your number two? Blue Velvet. Blue Velvet. Nice. So let's see, where does that take us with Blue uh, Velvet? That's, that, that's, that's the fourth four. one. Yeah. Four. Let's talk about it. Um, Mary, what did you think about Blue Velvet? You had this one the highest. I was so glad that DJ uh, selected this movie. It was the first time I'd seen it, and it just hits so many sweet spots for my movie preferences. It's got an amazing mystery component. It has really well-developed characters that explore depth of personality. The sort of art of the David Lynch films are just so compelling to me. So this really brought together a lot of things I love in a movie. Mm-hmm. It was it was a pleasant surprise for me as well. Chad, you had this one lower. Do you actively dislike this movie, or is it just a strong list of movies? I really dislike this movie. I, I don't like the bizarre sex films, and the, there's a lot of that going on in this film. I don't like seeing abuse. Yeah, there's, a, there's a hard scene in this movie. So, it's, uh, but yeah, it's still worth watching. For me, I actually, yeah, it's it's not worth watching for me. It's a tough mood, but like I've already established, I don't like being put through movies, and I feel like this is one of those. Okay, I I normally am with you on this one, but for for the mystery, for the interesting symbolism, the really, I was fascinated. This is my first. Uh, intro- this is my introduction to David Lynch. I, I loved it. So, um, But I, you heard all about that before in the podcast from me, so we'll move on. That was Mary's number two movie. My number two movie is Home Alone, and now let's talk about Home Alone. I had this one the highest, so as you heard uh, last week in the podcast, I just love this movie. It is It just reeks of Christmas time to me. I loved it at a young age. I've come back to it regularly. I saw it in college, on TV. I've seen it in high school, putting up the Christmas tree. I've seen it in recent years. I even watched Home Alone 3 in the middle of summer just because it comes on. It's nowhere near as good, but part of the reason I do that is because I love the first one so much. It's, it's just so wonderful. Chad, where do you stand on Home Alone? Yeah, I'm... I'm with you. It came in at number seven. That's really just due to the strength of the rest of the list, but I enjoy it. It's something I could watch anytime. I'm not a Christmas movie person. Uh, that's probably why you guys won't hear me very much in December, but uh, and my wife uh, is watching them really since November, Christmas movies all the time. But uh, Home Alone is one if it's on. Yeah, just like Fry said with Tremors, I will watch it. It's, it's a lot of fun. Okay. And Mary? I had forgotten just how crafty the action is in this film. Uh, Scene after scene, there's something interesting that has been set up for those two robbers, and it just continues to unfold different layers of this onion of these traps that that the little boy has set up. And that is such a successful movie in terms of special effects and stunts and just sheer creativity and i had actually forgotten that it had such a magical john williams score to it which really just enhances the whole thing mm-hmm. and yeah. kid acting macaulay culkin he's fantastic in it i think they got the absolute perfect person to do that role he's lovable but he's also got this deviousness to his smile and he was just spot on that's right yeah it's hard not to get an annoying kid and he was he was the perfect casting you're right 
So my number one movie was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh, Chad, what is your number one movie? Here comes predictable Halloween. Halloween. This man likes his horror. Chad, tell us why Halloween. When we all uh, did the show, it was straight fives. I mean, Halloween just, it sets the standard for horror movies. It's the go-to that I could just watch anytime, watch some teenagers get killed. Great soundtrack, uh, great acting. Doesn't suffer like other horror movies in the acting department. Uh, Donald Pleasance is just fantastic. I, I just, I love everything about this movie. Indiana Jones was a, uh, that was a tough competition for me. They're both a lot of fun, but uh, ultimately Halloween wins for me. Great choice. It's a, it's a classic. It's, it's one of the first introductions to a horror movie I ever had. So uh, it is right up there in my upper echelon of horror movies. Mary, where are you on Halloween? Uh, Halloween's a five-star movie to me. Um, it kind of just sets the bar for what um, a horror movie should be in my mind. So, yeah, it's, it's the classic. Mary, what is your number one movie? Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Um, I guess anybody would have guessed that who had already listened to the Indiana Jones episode that uh, I would have rated it a six if Russell would have allowed. It's true. <laughs> it's they don't definitely allow one of my favorite movies, and um, I can't say enough good things about it. It was my number one as well, and it's just a great movie. It's an adventure. I never get tired of it. Captivated me when I was young. A it's also that, another one of those movies that has something new for me every time I see it, and I've seen it dozens of times. That's what I mean. It, it, it's grown with me, and that's a really great movie that you can return to over and over again at different ages, and it's still really good. So kind of ageless, timeless, and just awesome. So, Chad. Well, where, do you, where do you guys have it in the, we'll call it trilogy, because let's, mm-hmm. let's just forget the fourth one happened. It's my number one Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think that it elevates above the other two because of Sean Connery's character. Mm-hmm. I, I like it, but uh, Raiders will always hold a special place in my heart. So that's that's my number one, but I can definitely understand The Last Crusade being a favorite. Okay, and Brian, where do you stand on Indiana Jones? Uh, this was my favorite Indiana Jones movie. Um, so this is one that, you know, I... Uh, I will watch over other Indiana Jones movies, and that goes without saying for stuff like Crystal Skull. But uh, no, it's uh, it's definitely cool. It's always got to be Indiana Jones versus the Nazis, uh, now and forever. Okay, Brian, what's your number one movie? My number one, and for the closeout, is Mission Impossible. Interesting. I thought that. Yeah, I thought this was the best. I mean, this really launched something for me. Um, they actually hit a rut for me around Mission Impossible 3 and then really brought it back with the Ghost Protocol on. But uh, no, I loved how dark this one was. It was just a kind of a shout out to the more Jean Le Carré spy style uh, books and movies. It, it just felt like a more reasonable uh, less gadgety if you take away the the gum. I just I enjoyed that that style of movie. I thought it was well done. For sure, for sure. Chad, where do you stand on Mission Impossible? It's a fun spy film. Dig the soundtrack. That was great. The character uh, uh, Ethan's very fascinating. I I like Tom Cruise's depiction. Uh, the gadgetry's fun. It, I prefer my spy movies to be more Bond-esque than uh, Mission Impossible with some of the tricks that wind up being more problematic as they get on, uh, go on through the series. But Fry does, uh, Fry's right. Uh, they they do redeem themselves after three or four tries. The first one was good, though. Mm-hmm. Mary, Mission Impossible. I do enjoy this movie. Um, I think part of my... Uh, lowering it here on my list was maybe I had it more built up in my mind um, and on a rewatch um, it wasn't quite as epic as I had <laughs> remembered it being um, so but that shouldn't be a knock to the movie because it's got so much going for it and it just was so creative that you know others 
spy movies really sort of always look at that one as a standard. Mm-hmm. And for me, I just thought it, it was a great, fun action set of action pieces. They don't necessarily go together super coherently, so it, it keeps it from elevating it up a little bit. Uh, but the moments are good, and it was better than I remembered, and I was glad I returned to it. That's one of the, that was our opening episode of it. So great show with Meredith. If, you haven't, if you're new to the show, make sure you go back and listen to some of those early episodes that Chad uh, and Meredith and Mary were on at the very beginning. So we've come full circle. And if you're wondering where all of this totals out, we've got an average rating. So the average of what we ranked here tonight, so these are rankings, not star ratings, are if you were to take a cross-section of what we just did tonight, we, the power of one would be the number 13 movie. The 2001 Space Odyssey is at number 12. At tied, number, people. Yeah, at, at tied for number 10, you've got The Mist and Black Hawk Down. Number nine, you've got The Neverending Story. At number seven, we have another tie of The Graduate and Mission Impossible. At number six, we've got Blue Velvet. At number five, Tremors. Number four, Home Alone. Number three, Batman Returns. Number two, Halloween. And number one, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade takes it for the best of 2018. It's a short year, but uh, it's still it's still a big winner. Yeah, wonderful movie, well deserved. Could use a little more stabbing in Michael Myers, but that's just my personal opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us on the holiday, or I should say, year-end special. Um, Chad, thank you so much for joining us, man. Thanks for having me back. Mary, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for uh, bringing me back for this recap. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Ryan, thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Russ. Everybody, good talking to you, and I will see you next time. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Rate and review us on iTunes. If you're a Stitcher uh, user, give us a favorite on there. Give us a favorite and follow us along on Spotify if you're there. Rate us and review us on Google Play if you're getting our podcast through there. Uh, reach out to the show. Engage with us. We want to hear from you. So thank you. As always, good. be good to each other and watch more movies. Brian. My ending quote's going to be a Wesley Snipes great. Excuse me, museum patrons. What's your boggle?